Hi, and welcome to this edition of Along the Four Steps Road podcast. This is Tim Ard, your host, and we're going to be going through chapter four, at least the first half of it today, starting at page 42 of the Complete Guide to Chainsaw Safety and Directional Felling. And this is a book that I wrote back in 2002 with the help of Mike Bolin of Illinois. And he and I and Laura did some of the the actual illustrations and photography for it. And uh, it's been out now for several years, been uh, purchased through Barnes & Noble's ebook series as well as off our website. But I thought it might be good just to kind of do a little audio book on some of our editions of Along the Four Steps Road. So today, first half of Chapter 4, Starting and Using Your Chainsaw. Before you pull your saw's starter cord for the first time, you should take time to read your owner's manual and familiarize yourself with the operation and maintenance of your saw. The manual will explain the various features on your saw and how they function. It will also identify the routine care and maintenance necessary to keep your saw in top running condition. Check to see that the saw has fuel and oil and that the bar assembly and chain have been installed correctly on the power head. The guide bar nuts should be tight. Never attempt to start the saw without the bar, chain, and clutch cover securely in place. Attempting to do so could severely injure you and damage the saw. Make sure the chain is tensioned properly in the guide bar rail. When working with the saw chain or adjusting its tension, make sure to wear gloves or grab the chain with a heavy cloth to protect your hands from injury by the sharp chain teeth. Disengage the chain brake and attempt to rotate the chain around the bar rail. You should be able to move it with only slight resistance. If you cannot move it and you're sure the brake is disengaged, adjust the chain's tension by loosening the bar nuts and turning the tension screw. All chain stretches, expansion from heat and wear with use. I'm frequently asked how much slack in the chain is acceptable before it needs to be adjusted or tensioned. Rather than use a measure of gap from the bar, the chain should be snug against the bar rail and yet turn freely around the bar with a gloved hand. Using a chainsaw is demanding work, and its use requires you to be in reasonably good physical condition and mentally alert at all times. You should never attempt to operate a chainsaw after you have had alcohol, medications that could make you drowsy, or when you are upset and aggravated. The chance of injury from a chainsaw accident is reduced when you're alert, physically fit, and in the right frame of mind. Your personal protection apparel will also reduce the risk of injury. Make sure you have it on before starting the saw. Accepted Procedures for Starting the Saw Always check to make sure the chain brake is on before attempting to start the saw. OSHA regulations require the saw to be started either on the ground or otherwise firmly supported. The chain brake must be engaged and no drop starts or air starts are permitted. I always recommend two points of contact be maintained with the saw during the starting procedure. Holding on to the starter cord does not count as one of these contact points. There are numerous ways two points of contact can be achieved. Let's look at some common methods. 
the ground start. Make sure the area around the saw is free of debris, rocks, and brush in all directions and check to see that you're at least 10 feet from the area where you last refueled the saw. Stand in an area where your footing is secure. Caution anyone standing near you to clear the work area. Check again to make sure the chain brake is on so the chain will not turn when the saw starts. Set the saw in the cleared zone and kneel down on one knee next to it. Turn on the ignition switch and pull the choke to the on position if the engine is cold. If the saw is equipped with a compression release feature, activate it by pushing the release button. This will help make the saw easier to start. Activate the fast start interlock, squeeze the throttle, engage the throttle interlock button, and release your grip on the throttle. Never saws, newer saws have one step control, so when you apply the choke, the interlock fast start position is automatically engaged. See your owner's manual for more detail. Grip the front handle firmly with your left hand and push down on it while placing your foot inside the rear handle. These are your two points of contact with the saw. It is important you remain in the kneeling position and not rise to a bent over position when starting the saw. If you attempt to start the saw from a bent over position and not in good physical condition, chances are much greater of straining muscles in your back. Make certain to apply down pressure to the front handle to stabilize the saw. Pull out on the starter cord until you feel the starter mechanism engage and then give the starter cord a rapid pull upward. Repeat this process until the engine starts. If the engine starts and immediately dies or fires once, push in or open the choke and pull the starter cord again. Don't let loose of the starter cord when it's fully extended. Letting the cord recoil on its own can damage the cord and the starter mechanism. When the engine starts, squeeze the throttle briefly and then release it. This will disengage the throttle interlock and allow the saw to return to idle speed. If your saw's controls are not automatic, make sure the choke is fully off. The clamp start. The clamp start is another method of starting the saw while maintaining two points of contact. Make sure the chain brake is engaged so the chain will not spin when the engine starts. The area around you should be clear of any brush, obstacles, and people, and you should have good footing. Turn on the ignition switch and pull out the choke if the engine is cold. Activate the throttle interlock and release your grip on the throttle. With the saw's guide bar pointing away from you, grab, grab the saw's front handle with your left hand. Stand with your legs slightly apart. Place the saw's rear handle behind you on your right knee and help support the power head body with the inside of your left knee. Still holding the front handle with your left hand, fully extend the left arm and straighten your wrist. Apply pressure with your legs to clamp the saw's handle behind your right knee. This gives you your two points of contact with the saw. Pull up on the starter cord with your right hand until the engine starts. Push in the choke and squeeze the throttle momentarily and release it to disengage the throttle interlock. The saw should return to idle speed.
It is important to remember that this starting procedure is called the clamp start and not the crotch start. Attempting to hold the rear handle of the saw between the legs rather than clamp firmly behind the right knee or between the knees could hurt when the starter cord is pulled. Bar contact support method. Another method of starting the saw with two points of contact is the bar contact support method. Begin by making sure the chain brake is engaged, then rest the saw's guide bar and power head across the solid surface such as a log. Grasp the front handle with the left hand. Extend the right arm to pressure is applied to hold the saw firmly against the supported object. Pull the starter cord with the right hand to start the saw. While this is an OSHA-approved starting method, this is commonly used. It can put the operator in a dangerous situation if the chain brake is not engaged when the saw starts. If the chain brake was off, the chain would start spinning when the, chain, when the engine fires, leaving the operator with only one hand on the saw. If the tip of the bar happens to come in contact with the log, violent kickback could occur without a moment's notice. If you use this starting method, be absolutely certain saw's chain brake works and it's engaged when you attempt to start the saw. Preferably, this technique would be used with larger saws fitted with long bars, commonly used in the western United States, or with lightweight saws used during climbing in tree care applications. Be very cautious when using this starting method. Drop start. The drop start is a common starting method used by loggers and homeowners. However, it is not an OSHA-approved starting method because it is not safe. The drop start is performed as the name implies. The saw is held in midair with one hand, either by the front handle or the rear handle, and is pushed, dropped, rapidly down or thrown out away from the operator with this hand and arm as the starter cord is pulled with the other hand. This method involves only one point of contact with the saw, the hand on the front or rear handle, and leaves the operator in a very tenuous situation if the chain brake is not engaged and the chain starts spinning when the engine fires. Do not use this method to start your saw. OSHA does allow the drop start to be used in tree applications where bucket trucks are used. The saw must weigh less than 15 pounds, and the operator must drop the saw outside the bucket. Stance and position during use. Fatigue is often a factor in chainsaw-related accidents. Many things can bring on fatigue, but improper stance and positioning of your body while using a chainsaw can lead to rapid fatigue especially if you're not conditioned to do this type of work. Once fatigue sets in, accidents generally follow. This may seem like a trivial point, but proper stance and positioning are basics I stress in every one of my training programs, from casual users to professional operators. It never ceases to amaze me how people manage to put themselves in awkward positions when operating a saw. This may be out of genuine fear or respect of the saw, inexperience, and lack of knowledge, or it may be from bad habits picked up along the way from other operators. 
Let me relate a simple story here that helps stress the importance of proper stance and positioning when using a chainsaw. In my training classes, I always pick out one of the hefty loggers or landowners to help me demonstrate how fatigue plays an important role in chainsaw accidents. I position my subject so he holds the saw at waist level and up against his body with his left hand on the front handle and right hand on the rear handle. I ask him how long he can hold the saw in this position. Generally, my subject says all day, and I don't doubt many of these big burly guys in the least. Then I ask my subject to hold the saw out at full arms extension and ask the question again. I start a stopwatch to see how long the saw can be held in this position before it drops back to the subject's waist. Over the years, some of these guys have amazed me, but for most, the muscles in their arms and back begin to quiver, shake, and burn after 30 seconds, and the saw drops back to their waist within a minute. Try this yourself and see how long you can hold out before fatigue sets in. The point I try to drive home with this as little demonstration is that regardless of operator's size and muscular mass, improper position can lead to fatigue, rapid fatigue, in the arms and possibly a strained back or even ruptured discs. In my years of training, I had the opportunity to work with John Kolb, former football great and rehab coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. John was hired as a consultant by a logging insurance underwriter to help speed the rehabilitation of injured loggers. When John would make presentations to these loggers, he would explain that when a 20-pound saw is held at waist level up against the body, it approximately 12 inches in front of the spine for many of us, some a little less, others a little more, In this position, which also happens to be the optimum working position, the saw is exerting a force of approximately 330 pounds per square inch on the disc of the lower back. For every additional 4 inches, the saw is extended away from the body, an additional 30 psi is applied to the disc. For most of us, our disc can tolerate up to about 1,100 psi before one of them gives up and ruptures. Conditioning and strengthening the back muscles through weight training is one way to guard against back injuries. But positioning yourself in the proper stance to perform a specific cutting task and avoid injury is a simpler alternative. Always make sure you have firm footing when operating a chainsaw. Clear away any debris and brush that could interfere with your stance and impair your balance. When operating the saw between knee and waist height, Stand with your feet approximately shoulder-width apart and one foot slightly forward of the other. Your knees should be slightly flexed rather than locked. The chainsaw is held so the left arm is fully extended and the wrist is straight. The thumb and fingers of your left hand should be completely encircling the front handle. This will give you greater control of the saw. The rear handle should be held reasonably close to the right side of your body, approximately waist height. From this position, you can lean your torso in and out to make necessary cuts by flexing and straightening your knees and leaning slightly forward. There is little need to extend your arms and the saw away from your body. Doing so lessens your control and increases the rate of fatigue and the possibility of injury as described earlier. Operating the saw from knee height to the ground will require a slightly different stance. 
A similar foot placement is desired, but you'll need to flex your knees to a near squat position and not bend at the waist. Keep your back straight and rest your elbows on your legs to keep support to help support the saw's weight. When harvesting trees at ground line, you may find it more comfortable and stable if you work from a kneeling position beside the tree. Never operate your chainsaw above chest height and always keep both hands on the saw when the chain break is off. Cutting with one hand on the saw is asking for trouble even if the chain is not spinning. You have very little control of the saw when cutting above your shoulders and the risk of severe or even fatal head, neck, and chest injury is very high. A correct stance is important in that it helps to reduce fatigue, to know where your bar and bar tip location is at all times, and to effectively control the reactive forces of the chainsaw. Well, that's the first half of Chapter 4. I'd like to stop there. We're going to pick back up in the next edition on reactive forces and the mechanics of kickback. So, this is Tim Ard. We want to thank you for dropping by, and we hope you picked up something from this session of Along the Forest Apps Road podcast. Please check out our YouTube channel and take a look at many other YouTube videos that you can be able to pick up these types of tips. Good sawing to you.